Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, your host Earl Breon here. You know, a while back when I first got into podcasting, I uh, had a show called The Leadership Chronicles. And in that show, I, uh, I would tell stories from history that had something to do with leadership, had some type of leadership lesson in them. Well, you know, I've, I've only been able to do an interview every couple of weeks to stay consistent. And I thought, well, what a good idea it would be to resurrect the Leadership Chronicles, if you will, and make it part of the Burden of Command podcast. And I wanted to start it off this week because of the whole uh, 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing mission. Now, this show being about the Burden of Command and timing with the Apollo uh, 50th anniversary, I thought it would be a... Uh, thought it would be a good idea to talk about somebody who is kind of a, an idol of mine, Mr. Gene Kranz. You know, this was somebody who definitely understood what the burden of command was. You know, the Apollo 11 mission was just a resounding success all the way around, went off fairly without a hitch by spaceflight standards at the time. But Kranz was involved in the Apollo 13 mission as well which everybody knows what happened with that. If you haven't seen the movie, it's a great movie, fairly factual from what I understand uh, of how things actually went down. And that's the thing that Gene is known the most for, is his handling of the Apollo 13 mission. It's believed that it was his guidance, his leadership, his leadership abilities uh, was the reason that that mission came back home successfully, and we didn't lose uh, three astronauts uh, that day. But what he is overlooked for, sadly, well, I guess he's not really overlooked for, but what most people don't understand is that wasn't his first brush with adversity. You see, the Apollo 1 mission was an utter disaster. On January 27, 1967, three astronauts, Chaffee, White, and Grissom were sitting in the pad uh, running some tasks, getting ready for their flight that was supposed to be in, in just the following week. And there was a catastrophe that hit. Uh, somehow or another, there was a spark that happened in the cabin. There's a, little, uh, there's a little controversy as to what caused it. Nobody really wanted to take blame on the contractors. So there's still some controversy as to what piece actually caused the spark. 
But you see, the cabin, it was pressurized. This was a full mission simulation, getting ready to, to get ready to go through. Uh, and it was a highly oxygen-enriched environment. And when this spark struck up, highly oxygen-enriched environments, they tend to become very flammable. And that's exactly what happened here. Uh, the, the capsule turned into a fireball, and after just a few seconds of audio, it became very clear as to what was going on. And due to a design flaw, uh, the door opened inward, uh, so they couldn't, they couldn't just punch out. And so the technicians had to come in and, and help get this thing open. And by the time they got there, well, the, the three gentlemen, Chaffee, White, and Grissom, were dead. Uh, it was it was basically just a big incinerator in there. Now that's tragic enough, but January twenty seventh was a Friday, and so everybody who was involved with the mission they had to go home and and wait until Monday. Uh, they, there was a lot of tension. There was a lot of questioning going on. Everybody knew that there was going to be an investigation that come down. And being the types of people that they were, they, they really didn't, obviously didn't enjoy their weekend. Three of their close friends had passed away. You know, it was, NASA was very tight-knit at the time. So losing three astronauts, I mean, uh, think about what an astronaut looks like today. But back then, this was pioneer cutting edge. Like, as much as we hold astronauts today in high regard, these gentlemen were the closest things to living legends that most people would see, and we lost three of them on that day. So, Monday rolls around, and Gene Kranz, being the boss at the time, uh, the flight control, he comes in and he realizes, I've got to do something. I've got to take ownership. And he does something that nobody expected. He pulled his team together and he delivered an amazing speech which became known as the Kranz Dictum. And I'm going to read that speech word for word right now. Spaceflight will never tolerate carelessness, incapacity, and neglect. Somewhere, somehow, we screwed up. It could have been in design build, or test. Whatever it was, we should have caught it. We were too gung-ho about the schedule, and we locked out all of the possibilities we saw each day in our work. Every element of the program was in trouble, and so were we. The simulators were not working. Mission control was behind in virtually every area, and the flight and test procedures changed daily. Nothing we did had any shelf life. Not one of us stood up and said, damn it, stop. I don't know what the Thompson Committee will find as the cause, but I know what I find. We are the cause. We were not ready. We did not do our job. We were rolling the dice, hoping that things would come together by launch day, when in our hearts we knew it would take a miracle. We were pushing the schedule and betting that the cape would slip before we did. From this day forward, flight control will be known by two words. Tough incompetent. Tough means we are forever accountable for what we do or what we fail to do. 
we will never again compromise our responsibilities. Every time we walk into mission control, we will know what we stand for. Competent means we will never take anything for granted. We will never be found short in our knowledge and in our skills. Mission control will be perfect. When you leave this meeting today, you'll go to your office, and the first thing you will do there is to write tough and competent on your blackboards. It will never be erased. Each day when you enter the room, these words will remind you of the price paid by Grissom, White, and Chaffee. These words are the price of admission to the ranks of mission control. Boom. Ownership. As uh, somebody I know some of you are familiar with, Jocko Willink would call it extreme ownership. But see, that's the thing. That's one of the things that's drilled into our heads as military personnel. And Gene Kranz was a fighter pilot in Korea. Ownership. When you take ownership, you take all of the power for yourself. You see, Gene didn't have to worry about what the Thompson Committee was going to find out because he had already figured it out and he had already taken corrective action. And his corrective action was to give everybody in the room two words as guiding principles. Tough and competent. You see, when you take ownership of something, you take all of that power away from anybody else and you bring it on you. You see, this Thompson committee, whatever they did from here on out didn't matter. Sure, they could still lay blame, uh, but nobody was going to be affected by it because they had already dealt with it and moved forward. Sure, they could have still come headhunting after Kranz, but once they come down and they see that he's already taken ownership, He's already taken corrective action. He's moved on. What would the point be? And, and that is something that leaders today have a hard time doing is taking ownership when things fail. It sounds scary. It sounds scary to be that vulnerable. But the truth of the matter is it's the best course of action. Now, you got to mean it. You can't just say, oh, it was my fault and then move on. You have to mean it, and you have to take action, and you have to do something to be better. And, and I love Gene's approach here because it was simple, tough, and competent. Two words. And then he defined what each one of those words means. Tough means we are forever accountable for what we do or what we fail to do. We will never again compromise our responsibilities. Every time we walk into mission control, we will know what we stand for. Competent. Competent means we will never take anything for granted. We will never be found short in our knowledge and in our skills. Mission control will be perfect. And then he takes it to the next step and he gives them guidance so they don't forget. When you leave this meeting today, you will go to your office and the first thing you will do there is the right tough and competent on your blackboards. It will never be erased. Each day when you enter the room, these words will remind you of the price paid by Grissom, White, and Chaffee. These words are the price of admission to the ranks of mission control. Clear corrective action, clear guidance, clear expectations. 
and a way to remember their fallen comrades, Grissom, White, and Chaffee. It's that simple, ladies and gentlemen. It is that simple. Look, you're going to screw up. It's going to happen. Nobody goes through life without screwing up. What matters is how you handle it, period. Now, I want to think about this in three dimensions here, right? Because this was Apollo 1. We know about the successes up through Apollo 11, and we know about the disasters and near disasters of Apollo 13. I want you to imagine for just a second here if Gene Kranz, the man we know today, the myth, the legend, if you will, what if he'd handled this differently? What if he hadn't had taken ownership? What if he had of waiting for the Thompson report to come out and find him and his team at fault? What if he had of been removed from this position? How would the subsequent Apollo missions have went? They would have had to find a new flight controller for their top team. How would that person have performed? Maybe better, maybe much worse. We don't know. But what we do know is if it had happened like that, and he wasn't there for Apollo 13, we may have lost three more astronauts. Because again, everybody involved credits his leadership and his experience with keeping all of the various teams together, working together and focused on the mission of bringing those gentlemen home. So I'm going to challenge you as I close out this episode. I'm going to challenge you right now to think about some of the times you have failed and maybe you didn't handle it the best. Maybe you tried to blame somebody else and think about how it could have helped you and your leadership if you had said, you know what? At the very least, we're all to blame because that's the other thing here. He used we a lot. He never said you. He said we. He was talking as a team. He included himself in this thing. We screwed up. We were too gung-ho. We locked out all the problems we saw each day. He included himself in this because he knew that he was ultimately responsible and was just as big a screw-up in this situation as everybody else. He didn't throw anybody under the bus. He didn't. He gave his team responsibility for what happened and how to fix it. So think about that. When have you had some type of screw-up in your life, in your leadership, in your career, and not reacted appropriately? That's easy. That's as easy as it is, ladies and gentlemen. If you're listening to this, when you screw up, when something goes wrong, even if you do everything right and something goes wrong, you got to be able to set back, own the outcome, be able to figure out what went wrong, be able to figure out a course of corrective action, and give clear, concise guidance on how to do it. This was the, the key to America landing on the moon. We had people in place like Gene Kranz, who had great leadership skills, who had a great daring drive to do what had never been done before. And it's the same thing that we need in our modern workplace. We need people who are great leaders, who are going to take responsibility, who are going to own it. Ladies and gentlemen, these words are the price of admission to the ranks of leadership. Tough and competent mean just as much to you as they did to mission control back in the Apollo days. So there it is. 
the story of Gene Kranz, the Kranz dictum, and, you know, how it helped him be around to help out with the Apollo 13 missions. Now, like I said, this is something new. I'm going to try to interject these in between the interviews. So, ideally, I see uh, an interview, a story, an interview, a story coming down the pipe. If you like this format, please let me know. Hit me up at burden.command at gmail.com. If you're following us on social media, I'm Earl underscore Breon. You know, and if you just want to, I use the hashtag shields up. If you just want to follow that hashtag shields up, all one word, follow that. You'll get all of our posts from uh, from my partner and I's business at the Leadership Phalanx. Uh, any articles we share, any blog posts we share, and definitely all of the podcast. So follow hashtag shields up. Follow me at Earl underscore Breon. And if you have any ideas for stories, if you have any ideas for guests, if you have any feedback on this format, please hit me up, burden.command at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and keep those shields up. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Electric acid.